because at that moment in my life, I thought that I was never going to be able to be in a long-term relationship because I was going, to, I was always going to need the other gender. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little differently, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily represent those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, you should probably keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, we'd suggest finding a different show or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 40! One better than 3D. What do you think? No. I've been planning that all day. I know you have. <laughs> anyway, we're Finn and Emma. It's two better than 2D. Uh, okay. I'm going to move on. That's a flat joke. <laughs> it was kind of, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. You've been thinking about that the whole time. No, that, just, ready. that part just came to me. Yeah. Anyway, today we have a... I think pretty emotional interview with Mila and she, um, actually English is not her second. It is her second language. English is not her first language. And so there's a few points you might notice that she's trying to think of a word and we, we help her out and please be patient. I think overall it is, well, it is an amazing interview and I just wanted to point out that the English is not her first language. And I think, I think it's fair to say she did better than any of us would have done trying to do an interview in mm. any other language. In any other language. Uh, yeah, so. 100%. She's amazing. So cool your jets, folks. It's awesome. Yeah. And also one other disclaimer, and I think she mentions this. I can't remember if it's on or off recording, but uh, she did get consent from her partner to share this It's story. on recording. It is on recording. Yeah. So redundant. It's at the end. A little bit of redundancy here. But nevertheless, if you're thinking... Wow, this is deep. But yeah, she did get permission. Her partner did not want to come on, but she has permission to share the story. Yes. Next up, we've got... Us rambling for a few more minutes. No, nah, not too many. <laughs> the uh, the old Cassidy, what's new? Something new big. Yeah. Wow. Something Good new, English. Something new big. Is English your second language? <laughs> That's my third. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> something I didn't know about you. Anyway, we have... Cassidy is, uh, we have six month free trial for anyone who leaves us a review no, or signs you up. Don't on... have, no, you don't have to do any of that anymore. I was just saying, signs up to our link. You said review. All you got to do. Well, they can also leave us a review. But they don't have to anymore. They just have to go to the website, leave us a click. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is bad today. Leave us a click. Click on the link. <laughs> leave us a click. Sign up, sign up through our website. You get six months free for the elite membership. We're just trying to, we, we got them to agree to this a couple of weeks ago. The reason being, we just want to get more people on there and using it. And yeah, so do that. Go yeah. do that now. The other one is uh, STD check. If you use the links on our website, you save $10. You can go get yourself tested. It's super easy. It's super fast. It's, it's super awesome. And we encourage it. 
and it helps support the show. And little teaser, we have a fun announcement coming up with that at the beginning of the year. Yes. Something big coming. Something brewing. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other quick thing. We just finished literally minutes ago recording an awesome, super fun Christmas episode. If you don't celebrate Christmas, that's fine. It's a whatever you celebrate episode. It will be released on December 25th, but not on our podcast. It's a pre-boxing day episode. And yeah, it's just a fun bunch of rambling. We tell a bunch of funny stories. You didn't tell them who it was with yet. With the Bed Hoppers, a podcast out of the Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, it will it's be released a, on their their podcast. Their show. So check them out. It'll be December 25th. It was just a lot of fun. So yeah. go over there, check that out. And then, yeah, should we tell them where our website is real quick and then go to the web? The yeah, website? now that we've been rambling for four minutes. <laughs> Anyway, you can find us at normalizingnonmonogamy.com or under Twitter or Casty under the screen name NNM Podcast. That's not M&M. It's NNM. <laughs> and we haven't been drinking wine tonight. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Anyway, please enjoy this interview. Yeah, it's Mila a wonderful is amazing. Interview. Yeah. And, so and we love talking to her. We will see you in T-minus some minutes. <laughs> Well, thank you, Mila, for joining us all the way from Barcelona. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, we're super excited that you reached out. Um, Your story is pretty incredible, and so we were been like chomping at the bit. Super excited to get on here and talk to you for a while now. So happy to finally be doing it. Um, thank you, guys. I'm really happy to be here. I'm also very excited to meet you both and have this uh, conversation together. Yeah. So one of the things in your email to us that you mentioned is that you've been, in your words, kinky or exploring alternative relationship styles since very, very early on. Before we get into that, do you mind maybe just sharing with people a little bit about who you are and just some background on yourself so people um, have kind of a picture of who we're talking to. Um, sure. So my name is Mila. I'm 29. I've been uh, married for six years now in a monogamous relationship with the, this person, my wife. Uh, let's call her her. Um, she's more into like some gender identity things. So she would be called mostly like non-binary. I've been previously to my marriage, I've been exploring um, sexuality in different ways since I was um, very, very young. I'm from South America and I was um, raised in Argentina. I live in Barcelona for eight years now. So my background is a little bit different uh, in a ways that, you know, South America in general, it's a little bit more conservative in, you know, especially when I was growing up, like without globalization and internet and all these things. Um, so I think that's important to know uh, for where I'm, where I'm come from. Um, as you might expect, also um, English is not my native language. So I apologize in advance if I make any mistakes. I'll try to correct them. Yeah, well, we apologize uh, if we make any mistakes too, because we, we, <laughs> we, we make mistakes. We, we, as we well. do it as well, so you don't you, you don't need to apologize for that at no, all. No, you you sound great. Okay, so. okay, thank you. Um, so 
yeah, right now I'm, I'm still married. Um, and do you, do, your, do you and your wife have any kids? I know we just talked about off, off the recording that you just adopted a cat that's currently in heat, so we might, we might hear that in the background. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't have any kids. Um, we just adopted a small baby cat. And she's having her first um, ovulation. Uh, mm-hmm. She's very premature. She w- we weren't expecting that this week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you might just you know to set the mood up. You might hear a horny cat on the back. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> There's always some fun background noises in our interviews. So <laughs> I think that's that's fine. <laughs> So do you, do you mind taking us back to the beginning when you started exploring, whether it was non-monogamy or, or just alternative relationship styles and maybe how you got started and what that looked like? Um, sure. So I was, um, I basically started after my first period when I was like very young, like a year after that, I said like, I'm ready. I'm just like, I want to fuck. So I was always like very horny. And so I have my first experience with a boy, you know, like traditional ways. And um, maybe like less than a year after that, I had my first experience with a girl. So, um, so this must have been like when you were 15 or six, 14, 15 years old? I was, let's say, 13 and 14. Okay. So 13 guy, 14 with a girl. Um, so I'm... Basically, like bisexual or pansexual, I think that's the new word about when you don't uh, specifically like one gender and, mm-hmm. and you don't believe in gender um, binary um, thing. Yeah. So, that's so yeah, I would be pansexual. But so in my head, when I was like very young, I was always very confident about it. So it was never a question for me whether I like boys and girls and how I like them. So it was like just an adventure. And sex in general and my sexuality, it was um, an adventure to me to explore and to, you know, um, discover and discover yourself in, you know, in an intimate relationship with somebody else. So I was always, you know, seeking for new experiences. And um, uh, one of my first boyfriends, I was like also very young, like 15. I was like, okay, I have a threesome. Um, so, <laughs> so we went and, um, you know, looked for another girl to have a threesome with. We ended up like being super, um, messed up because, you know, I was very confident about it and very like forward to it and my boyfriend too, but we, you know, we were also in a relationship, but I was like very confident about my sexuality. And I think the other girl wasn't that much, which is completely normal if you're 15, so she was like, maybe I don't feel too comfortable. So it didn't happen completely. Um, we stopped it. So I remember that first experience waking up the following day, feeling like very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, com- uh, conflict, uh, conflict, conflict. Yeah. Sure. So. I remember waking up and just going away, like leaving the house and go and talk to uh, one of my older friends about like this jealousy and insecurity that after that first experience happened. So 
then I decided to have another threesome with some older, like also teenagers, but a little bit older. Um, so was there cool. jealousy in that, in that first threesome with you and your boyfriend? Did you guys experience jealousy, but like either one of you, or was it mostly issues with the other woman? Um, no, I think uh, I think that that first experience was like, you know, seeing for the first time, um, a, like breaking that rule of seeing someone that you should be together with, like... Um, like in a very property way, like this is my boyfriend, he shouldn't kiss other girls. Um, so, you know, that was like visually and all this, the entire situation was like really, you know, um, strong to me. Mm-hmm. So it was like the first time that I see it and all these fears come up, came up when, sure. um, you know, because you are, you are raised in a specific way and monogamous way like men and wife are together and they belong to each other and they shouldn't be with anyone else ever right um for life so breaking that you know deconstruct that picture was like very graphic <laughs> and, yeah. and strong yeah. so when i woke up the following day i it's not that i didn't enjoy it well while it was happening but when i woke up the following day i was like super afraid of what was was happening so yeah. i just you know, you're also a teenager and trying to figure yeah. out just being a teenager too. There's, there's yeah. a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but then I, um, I wasn't satisfied with that. Um, not so good experience. So I was seeing this older guy and a friend of mine too. So let's say, okay, you know, let's just have a threesome together. And even if it, it was better technically like the action is it was better lead and you know the flow of the situation was better definitely uh everything that should happen happened it was not a specific like not a very satisfying experience because the other girl wasn't really sure that she liked girls too so she was aimed just for the you know for the uh, kinky part of it or just because to, right. just to be with the other guy so for me like never questioning myself uh if i like boys or girls or anything i was just you know into it it was like okay we're gonna fuck this do it all the way you know it's not like oh maybe i'm you know a little bit shy or i shouldn't do that i, I my, my attitude was like okay let's do it and if i'm not comfortable with it i will stop but i'm not gonna you know maybe not do anything Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that wasn't also the best experience, but it's just to figure out how we can relate to each other differently and the different ways of having sex and connections with other people, like being naked and, and enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, discover different things. Um, and was was that the same boyfriend or was that did you have multiple boyfriends and this was a, a different one? With a different no, woman. this was a um, this this was a different one. You know, you know, like teenager relationships are like you know very elusive in general. Mm-hmm. Fluid, <laughs> fluid, yep. Yeah, are committed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 100%. So then I was in a a couple of years later. I was in a more serious relationship with a guy, 
who was, uh, uh, I think it would be like my first serious relationship that lasted for a couple of years. And he was like very um, macho, possessive kind of way. Like you are my girl and everything. So at that point I wasn't like, when I ne- because I never asked myself um, bisexual or pansexual. Like I just like people and if I want to fuck them, I will do it. Mm-hmm. Like if they agree, of course. <laughs> so I just like this guy and he liked me and I was never questioning specifically because this was like 15 years ago and polyamory wasn't like a thing or a very, uh, not, not a very common one. And me being from, you know, small city in South America, it's not like you live in a you know metropolitan city that you have right. different influences. So it wasn't a thing, but I always wanted to try different things and different type of people and so, because this was very traditional um, guy, he was also influenced, I think, by the, you know, lesbian porn kind of thing. That, <laughs> it, you know, even though you're, like, very possessive and very monogamous, like, oh, two girls having sex is hot. So, um, he said, like, yeah, let's have a threesome. And uh, <laughs> I remember, um, I think it was one of, our, of your first guests that said, that, that had this aha moment yes. when, you, when, when she said like, oh my God, this is amazing. So it, it finally happened. So this was like the third time and it really happened and it was very, very enjoyable. And I think because uh, all three of us were like very comfortable with each other and knowing like very confident that we all wanted to do it. And it was amazing. And I remember waking up the next day and feeling completely different, like just going through a different level. And also in my relationship with my boyfriend to share this intimate moment and not feeling jealous. And, you know, it was like a relief inside of me. So, yeah, after that, I tried some different uh, relationships when he and I broke up. I was, like, um, very exhausted about the monogamy, the monogamous relationship, possessiveness, and all this insecurity of being. Right. So I decided to take a break from it all until I met this guy who introduced himself, and he said, I'm polyamory. And I was like, what the, what, what is that, you know? Like, and and um, about how old were you at this point? I was like um, 19, 20. Okay, okay. And, and, so, and so when, after you had this, sorry to, to interrupt, but then after you had the, the first good experience with the threesome, did did you and that boyfriend continue to have experiences together with other women or was, was it sort of just that one time and then it, it just kind of never happened again? Um, we, we talked about it, but... The thing is, like, it took us, like, two years after being in a relationship uh, together to actually, you know, meet the right person or, you know, just, you know, find find someone that we liked and that she liked us back. And and yet again, like, when I was, like, this happened a lot of time ago, and I have a very, let's say, vanilla world or, you know, this wasn't like... um, 
gay community or LGTB community going on and all the the girls that I wanted to fuck and, and the different people that I wanted to fuck. They because we were teenagers and so 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 much people was like, Yeah, I'll do it if I'm drunk, but I don't really like girls, so I'm not gonna eat your pussy or something. And I was like, Man, I wanna eat your pussy, you know? <laughs> like what's to do it? So people is really insecure at that age, but I was like super confident about it. And it was difficult for us to find someone our age right. who was willing to do it, like very confident and secure about their sexuality too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I mean, when we started, we were 19 and 20 or so, and it was hard enough for us to find. I mean, it's still hard for us to find people our age sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. Trying to find when oh. you're 16, 17, 18, I mean. It's hard, yeah. yeah. It's it, well, hard. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It, have you always been, like, growing up a very confident person? Like, not many people are that confident in their sexuality and knowing what they want at that age. Have, is that something you just grew up with and that's part of your who you are? Yeah, I I think it I, I think it was. I don't know. For me, it was very natural, so I, I, I think it's, it was. Yeah. Like, it's not that I I was raised in a very you know um, open-minded family. Like my my mom and my dad, they are really cool, and they've been separated forever. So each of them, they have their relationship. So I grew up uh, my mom being in a you know long-term relationship with this guy, but my dad, on the other hand, he also had like different relationship with other women and they were like really cool so I had like a different influence in that aspect so I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in a traditional mom dad Christian or you know very religious family but it wasn't specifically uh open-minded or I had like a mindset of my right. own about it yeah right. it was yeah. Just, just came natural to me you know I had my first period my hormones changed and I was like I want to fuck and I want to fuck with people and try different things and I never it was never a question to me to think about being gay or being lesbian or being straight or uh-huh. being, you know, it was never a question. It just, yeah. you know, happened. Yeah, yeah. no, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so, and oh. so when you were 19, you met somebody who was polyamorous and that was your first, that was your first exposure to that word and to what, and to what that world looks like. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so the thing is, we were all, like, in the same group group of people. So this is a city, but it's a small. So if you like doing certain things, cer- certain, you know, um, people that you see, you end up, and everyone knows everyone, you know. It's mm-hmm. like a small city. So we were in the same group of friends. So I remember hitting on him, you know, like, and he said, like, because he knew my ex-boyfriend and, and that I was, you know, in that relationship, like a very traditional, let's say, relationship. So when I was hitting on him, he said, like, wait, wait, wait I don't want to disappoint you. This is who I am. I'm, I can't commit to monogamy or anything. And I was like, no, no, that's why I like you. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I know. Let's do it. Um, so we started seeing each other and, it, it you know, we, we started being more emotionally connected and sexually connected. And at the same time, we were like, we had a very free space to fuck other people and be with other people and have maybe an alternative relationship. 
I wasn't having like emotional, intimate relationships, but I was, you know, having sex with other people occasionally. And he was, you know, seeing this other girl that I knew about and that that was fine. But I knew that girl and he said the same thing to her, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be monogamous with you. And she knew that. And I knew that I was perfectly fine. But at a certain point, I knew about her. I knew who she was. And I really liked that girl. Like we, 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 were, we were starting to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a certain point I said like, Hey, this girl doesn't know that I'm that girl that you are with. So I think that you should really tell her because you know, I, we, we, we have in our friendship here that is growing. Uh, we're not like super intimate, but I really, I'm really fond of her. So maybe she, she should know because it's not the point about polyamory to be, you know, secretive about it. And so after he did, everything blew up in our faces <laughs> because the entire, like everyone find out. Um, and our community, like our immediate friends, they were like very um, not understanding what was going on. So we were like very, very, very judged about it. Huh. Um, and so did, did you start having a relationship with her or was it just because it became more open and the three of you were sort of known to be together? That's Is that what caused the problem? Um. Okay, I think I didn't explain myself correctly. So me and him, we had a relationship, uh, an open relationship, and he had an open relationship with her. Correct, yep. I met her because of common friends, friends in common for our, you know, the places we go and the people we see. So we knew each other and we started to be friends. We we were in in a relationship. And you knew that he was dating her? Yes. But she didn't know that you were dating him. No, she didn't know that I was the girl that Uh, he was with. Okay. So when she found out that I was the girl that he was with, um, she was very overwhelmed about the entire situation. I think she wasn't ready for it, maybe. Um, Maybe, you know, there's part of secrecy that wasn't properly managed so that teach us all a very strong lesson about yeah. how to be yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's how it got out to yeah, your yeah. community of friends because, and then the three of you were, yeah, noted, yeah you were okay. seen as being in not monogamous relationships and it went from there. Yeah, exactly. So right. that was very unfortunate. Fortunate. And at the moment, I remember that I didn't understand why people were so freaked out about it. You know, it was, I, I didn't understand why our friends or our, you know, the people we knew were so freaked out about the fact that we were fucking each other and they were fucking each other and who cares why fuck, you know. But eventually I find out that all these conversations and topics for other people, because I was very open about it, I'm very confident about it, for me it was never a question. So when I was growing up, I thought that it was the same for most of the people, and then I find out that most of the people are very, um, they have a lot of struggles dealing with um, sexuality in general, you know? There are insecurities, yeah. it's uh, taboo in so many houses, and, you know, it's, it's 
strong topic to face for sure. a lot of people. Sure. So that was like a wake-up call. And I decided, you know, just let it be for a while. And I just, after that, short after that, I moved to Spain. So I kind of like just left, left my friends and started a new life in Spain. Not because of it. <laughs> I was, right. I, because of different reasons. Um, but, I, you know, I started all over my life. I was very young. I was in a different city. I didn't know anyone. So, you know, I wasn't questioning my questioning much about it i was just you know open and let's see how it goes so if i if i think about myself it was like i had all these different tries to have um non-monogamous relationship with so many people and always fail um i don't know why maybe it's the people that i fall in love with um i don't know um so then i started my first serious uh, relationship with a girl when I came to Barcelona because, you know, there is a lot of uh, much more going on in the gay community and the LGTB community. And I learned a lot about different ways of loving other people and different uh, sexual orientations and all these questions and new information was coming. So so you you moved to Barcelona and you kind of re started over, I guess, a little bit. You started, you know, a new life in a new city in another continent, and you started, you started dating a woman, and your first serious relationship. How, how did that look like in the beginning? Were you, uh, did you bring up non-monogamy to her, or was it something that you just didn't really talk about? Yeah, where um, she was, like, very open-minded. She was, like, um, a little bit older than me, like a couple of years older, and she's been in the community for longer than me, and she had all these ideas as well on how non-monogamy should be, at least. Um, so when we started dating, it, it was um, set up as not being monogamist at all. Mm-hmm. So when we started, started dating, it was open. And in my head, just being open and being non-monogamous, um, it was a sentiment of being more free, you know, like being more open so you have more freedom. And eventually I found out over the years that it's, um, if not the complete opposite, it's very close to that because you have like all this, it's like um, the bigger the responsibility, the you know, the bigger the, the freedom you have, much more responsibility you have. So... When you open, I, I was like, if you're open, we don't need to have any rules. We don't need to have anything. You can do whatever. I can do whatever. And then, you know, we figured it out over the over the course of the relationship. And that was a huge mistake to think that because when you have an open relationship, I think that you have much more rules than in a monogamous traditional relationship because you know how that works. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm with you, you're with me, you shouldn't kiss anyone, I, I shouldn't kiss anyone, you don't hit with, uh, you know, you, you don't flirt with other people, I don't, you belong me, you know? Yeah. So it's like... There's a, there's a lot of rules, yeah, there's a lot of rules that are just standard with a monogamous yeah, relationship. Implied yeah. Implied rules. Implied rules. So, Whereas yeah. a non-monogamous relationship, yeah, you have to define what your 
what your relationship's going to look like. Yes, exactly. Um, so you, you said that you wanted to go down the path of no rules at all, just completely <laughs> wide open. And did, did that work at all or did it immediately cause some issues? And maybe what were some of the issues that came up? <laughs> uh, yeah, it got some issues. So she came, she came back to me and proposed to close the relationship. And um, I said no because I didn't want to. But I probably, you know, I was also um, not ready to commit um, like a hundred percent to their relationship itself. So yeah, I'm cool if we have this intimacy together, but I don't want to go that far. At least that that was my mindset at the moment. What were what I guess what was there something that caused her to want to do that? Was there like a an incident or an issue that came up that she was like, Okay, no, I'm ready to I don't want to do this anymore? Um Yeah, I uh I I fucked a guy and I was maybe way too explicit about his cock. So she <laughs> felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and and she decided that we weren't ready. So one thing, because you have so many different ways to be in an open relationship, you know, in a, or in a non-monogamous relationship. And I think that with, with the person you're with, it's going to always be different, at least for me. But maybe because I'm just very flexible in, in sexuality in general. But it's not the same with someone. Maybe you swing with someone and then with the other person you have a polyamory setting and maybe you share other people and then with maybe someone else you have a more threesome kind of thing going on and then you don't right. fuck people separately. So it also depends on the people you're with and how that should be um, agreed in the relationship. Um, so... I was. I also think that it's um, you know when you start a relationship with uh, someone in general, it's not, you don't start maybe monogamous like or maybe you're not fucking anyone else at the moment. But sometimes you do. You have like this, you know, numbers that you call time to time. You know, a friends with benefits or kind of thing. Yeah. So you you meet someone, you like that other person, and in the beginning it's not like hi, I like you. I want you to be mine, like just mine, and that's it. You know, you grow, you grow into it until you know, as the relationship grows stronger. So, in my opinion, or at least the the thing that I feel more comfortable about it, I think what it works for me is that maybe you're good to remain open, let's say at the beginning, like not strings attached about it until you know that you want to be with that person, or maybe that's your primary or something like that, and. You, there are emotions involved and you're open to talk about your feelings and what do you want and what does the other person want. And I think it's um, there is a period of time where maybe it's uh, good um, for the relationship to close it for a while. So, at least for me, that you, you, be, you become more connected to that person and you get to know each other and then you're uh, more intimate to each other and so you are confident enough that you want to be with that person um, and that person wants to be with you and the other person is also confident enough that 
they right. want to be with you. So maybe to create that um, safety ground, that intimacy with the in the relationship is good sometimes to the, pass this period of being with other person, just, you know, to not hurt any feelings or just, you know, until you're able to communicate what your needs and wants are and desires. Um, and it's not easy. No. no. And so did you ultimately decide to agree to closing the relationship with her to give that a try or did you wind up ending it? No, that relationship ended because I didn't want to close her relationship and she needed that at the moment. Yeah. And then I started um, a relationship with a guy and that went serious and um, we moved together and... So at this point, I was also asking about my sexuality in do I like girls or do I like boys and how is it different when you do it with someone and how is it, um, you know, what's the energy that goes and how's like something that is more masculine, aggressive or something more passive and feminine and soft. And so I was like in that area asking myself, how to navigate that difference. Because at that moment in my life, I thought that I was never going to be able to be in a long-term relationship because I was going, to, I was always going to need the other gender. Okay. You know? Like, yeah. I can be with a guy and for a while it would be okay to be with a guy because, you know, um, I, I want to have this um, male, let's say in general, like male sex, but at a certain point, after after a while, I would start um, desiring women. And then, so I just wanted to be with women. And then I started in a relationship with a woman. And then for a, for a little while, it would be okay. And after a certain period of time, it would be like, I want to cock again. And then I want pussy. And then, so I in my, in my mind, I was like, okay, maybe... I can be with this guy that I really love and I really like, and he can be my only guy, but I can be with other girls, you know, like have my primary relationship with the gender specifically, and then have sexual casual relationships with the other gender, in this case, females. And was he okay with that? Yes. Um, and, and we also talk about, um, you know, sharing um, a little bit, you know, like bringing other girls to their relationship. Um, uh -huh. He was very open about it. So one... <laughs> okay. <laughs> it looks like I'm always fucking it up. They're <laughs> <laughs> hey, all learning experiences. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, so we decided that that was a good deal for us. Like, okay, I can be with you and you will be my only cock. And then I'll be with, you know, all the ladies. And maybe we can share some of them. So. And how did that go? Of, <laughs> how did that go? That, uh, so I ended up in um, some type of an orgy one night. Um, he was out of town and I met this girls and we ended up all playing together very late in the and you know in the night mm -hmm. um we ended up all playing together and you know we were a little bit 
drunk maybe and I went home and the next day um, I woke up and I remember my pussy like hurt, hurt you know that hurt it hurt yeah. <laughs> so I was like okay what's going on um, and I called one of my friends that was with me in the same um, orgy and I said like Dude, I have this thing on my pussy. I don't know. Um, do you know any of these the other girls? Do we like do it properly? Um, do you know if we might, you know, uh, fuck it up with any STD? Uh, no. Yeah, STD. STD. Yeah. Um, so I was like panicking, and I called my boyfriend, and I said that like, look, this happened last night. I'm I'm really scared. I don't know what's going on. I, I I'm seeing something that is like, um, not not right. I don't know what it is. And he was like, well, okay, calm down. He was coming back from work. Um, the next, the following Monday, and he said like, well, calm down. No work. We'll go to a doctor. So I'm texting my friend like, yeah, well, I'm I'm a little bit calm calm calmer. Calmer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Calmer. Yeah. I'm calmer now. And she said, like, I don't think that you should be worried about it. She was fist-fucking you, so she probably hurt you a little bit. And I was like, she was what? <laughs> um, yeah, she was fist-fucking you. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know that was going on. <laughs> During the um, play situation, I was, you know, she just, in my defense, I'm just going to say that she was very small and her pants were very small. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after I um, talked with my boyfriend about it, he was like, yeah, okay, maybe we should, you know, think this, um, think about this a little bit, take things slower. So I said, yeah, okay, no problem. Uh, if, 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 if the opportunity come up, and we can, you know, have sex or play with another girl. That would be great. But it's not like we're going to actively look for it. Yeah. And um, so you you were just sore, right? From the day you just needed to heal. Is that correct? Yes. Nothing happened. <laughs> maybe, maybe her hands weren't that small. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, maybe not. Um it was good that my friend was there to tell me what happened. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice. I don't think she was that big. So, yeah, we decided to take things slower. Uh, slower um, and then the relationship ended. He passed away. I was um, very young. We were, you know, living together and we were deciding to get married soon. And, you know, we just adopted... Um, you know, two small baby cats, and we were, like, very settled down in our lives together. And he passed away, so I I didn't question much after that. Yeah, I mean, that's an, that's an incredibly hard thing to go through, so sorry that happened. Yes. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, yeah um, it was um, a lot of learning. Um, it was a very difficult situation. But I, it was it was also very beautiful to to learn from it and grow stronger from it. And one of my best friends, um, she was 
um, really close to me uh, during the, the entire grieving period. And we fell in love after shortly after that. So it was very confusing for me being like falling in love with my best friend at the same time that I was grieving my recent boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, it was very confusing because it's not that I, I miss him a little bit and like not a little bit uh, less. It just, you know, it, it opens the emotions much stronger to be feeling like all these beautiful things about falling in love and then all these painful feelings of grieving. Mm -hmm. Grieving. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's correct. Uh, yeah, okay. So she's my wife now. Um, <laughs> that's my long-term wife, um, one of his wife. Um, I've, and this all happened I've, when you were like 23 Correct around yeah. that age, yeah. Twenty-three and and yeah, twenty-three when he passed away, and and um, yeah, twenty-three. So <laughs> me and 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 my wife we we fell in love, and because it was so confu so confusing in the beginning to differentiate with this, you know painful feelings and beautiful feelings all together, and it was so intense. That I I was like I cannot promise you anything you know I'm not I'm I don't know I, I don't know if it's I'm falling in love like for real and and all these feelings are real if I'm just confused about what was go what's going on in my in me you know like being um you know feeling al alone and sad and all this it was so confusing so I was like I cannot promise you anything I cannot promise you I I cannot commit right now on what was going on. Um, so I was like, I, I don't know if this is part of my grieving. And then when, when I feel better, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna want to fuck as much, as much people as possible, you know, to, to, you know, um, feel better, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, right. you know, I didn't know what was going on. It never happened to me before. So I was like, I cannot commit to it. And eventually that never happened, um, for a couple of years, we we fell in love. That was like super amazing love, and I was her first serious relationship. So there was a lot of discovery there from my partner's side in how relationships are supposed to be. I had much more experience sexually and in different relationships with other people and, you know, like being so premature and breakups and things. So, and she never had it before. So she didn't know how her relationship self would be. Like, what do I want in a relationship? So we were just finding out, discovering that while was happening, you know? Right, right. Mm. But she was my friend before, so she really knew how I was because I was never like, I'm not sharing how I am, you know, like this part where you right, think right. like, I tell people that I like a lot of different people, that I'm bisexual, that I like doing this and that. Um, so I, I was always very open about it and she knew everything. So I was like, okay, if you'd like me in my head, it was, um, 
you're going to accept it. You ac- you love me for who I am, and you accept that part of me that I like also other boys, and you know that I after a while I have this need to explore my sexuality with other people and connect intimately with other people. You know that because I told you about it. So eventually she found out that that's not something that she wanted. We never actually um, did anything. I never did anything because we were so much in love that we cannot take, you know, our, our hands from each other. I didn't want to fuck anyone else. We were fucking like three times a day. It was amazing. So I didn't have that question in my head. I mean, if you don't want to fuck other people right now, it's fine. I just want to fuck you over and over and over until I'm sick of it. So it wasn't a question in the beginning. And then she said, like, I don't ever want to fuck anyone else then you and that was like okay you want to share and <laughs> like no like do you want to share a guy and I was like no you know I don't like um men and I was like okay maybe you want to share a girl like no I don't want to I don't want to touch any other girl or than you and I was like okay um is it okay if I do it? <laughs> Maybe you want was, was this before you got married or was this after you got married? We got married very fast. Um, I don't remember exactly. Like our <laughs> relationship didn't change much. Right. Before right. So around that same time, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, um, oh, now we're going to marry married and this is this huge thing and our relationship is in a different level. So we got married because we needed to fix some things here. Uh-huh. And it was urgent to do it that way, but it wasn't like, um, oh, now we really need to think about it because we're getting married. Right, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Um, so for a while I said, okay, I can I, I can accept this term, so I don't mind not fucking other people for now. And in my mind, I was hoping that she would get more comfortable and confident and all the things that, you know, um, make you feel um, secure in your relationship. And I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, maybe you're just afraid, maybe you have this jealousy issues that you never knew about because you were never in a relationship before. So I, I remain my hopes. Um, and maybe in the near future, we can discuss it again. Over the, the sexual and intimate relationship between us, um, in the beginning, she, she had very different, differentiated sides to how she expressed her sexuality. Like, um, sometimes he was very masculine and sometimes he was very feminine. And I said, like, okay, this is perfect because I have two in one, you know? Like, I can have this part of exploring with, you know, with a very feminine sex and then we can have, like, a very masculine sex. So I said, like, when I'm tired of one, I can go to the other. But then I was like, wait, 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 what was going on here? So she started her personal journey about her gender identity, that how she perceived herself. So um, there's, um, I think, there, there's this thing about sex that makes you go, 
to different places in your being, you know, like who you are and how you relate to it. And it opened like places in your, in, in your mind, in your body. And I think uh, the more intimate, it's not necessarily like this for everyone, of course, but at least for me and for what I think for her too, um, when you have more intimacy with someone, you are open to discover more deep things in you and with the other person. Um, so during th that journey, there was a point where I said, like, um, wait a minute. Are you, like, you know that sometimes um, you are, like, um, like a very masculine and that started a conversation where she brought that up, all these questions that she always had about how she perceived herself and her body. Mm -hmm. And that started her um, journey to question herself, how I perceive myself. Um, she always felt more like a guy in a woman's body. And that was something very strong to, uh, very difficult to navigate in our relationship and, and, and especially in sex too. Um, so just for the sake of the audience and all the LGTB community and, and, and the alternative gender, I'm just referring to her because she's not out in the open for most of the family and people. So, and she's not transitioning or uh, into a, a man. Um, so everyone knows her as her. It's just something that um, it opened in our intimacy and our, in, and, you know, inside our house. And yeah. With very, very selective um, people in her life. Um, and so now she identifies as gen gender non-binary, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that that would be more accurate. Like this is a journey. It's not like oh, this is who I am and that's right. it. It's you know, it's a process to to discover yourself and you oh, know, definitely. So, um, let's say that would be more accurate. But ten years ago, that wasn't a very commonly known word and being poly either, and you know, so it's. The more information you have, the more that you are able to identify with different sexual orientations, uh, preferences, identities. It's like also um, there's so much information right now that we didn't used to have. Like when I was growing up, all, all this like wasn't a thing, you know, mm -hmm. like um, you have gay people, straight people, and that was like about it, you know, and that's. And, and for so many people, that's not even the reality. Um, so, yeah, it's a journey of discovery. And because of that process um, of my partner, that created a lot of um, insecurity in our relationship because she knew that I also like other genders. And she would feel very insecure about the fact that I wouldn't be satisfied because of the fact that she wasn't either of them. 
Right. You know? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. At the beginning, it was super fun to be both of them. So I was like, hey, you're my perfect match. You know, like I can be with one part and then I can be with the other part. And then, you know, but then uh, during that short, during that journey, um, it was, it turned into the complete opposite. Like I, like I can't be either of them. Right. So now right. you will be unsatisfied because you do have sexual stripes and desires for different things. So opening the relationship was out of the question because all of this was going on and I didn't want to create more um, insecurities that was needed. So we focused on, you know, growing from there and figuring out how we relate and how, you know, the sexual, the sex evolves and the play evolves. And so for you, did it, did it impact your, your ability to be attracted to her because she went from being sort of both to being neither, or was it largely something that she was perceiving that, that wasn't, that wasn't really true on your side? Mm, I, no, I don't think it affected my attraction at all. Like at all, like we always have really good, um, sex. Um, (laughs) I I didn't affect that. Um, how I perceived her, it wasn't, um, negative at all. If, anything it was like more interesting because i what i think that affected um our relationship in a way was after after a while it um the um, insecurity and 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 all the issues about it um not in our not specifically in sex but it started like a little bit, um, how do you say when you, um, waste or, um, yeah, like, like little by little, like creeping into your relationship or like something yes. like that. Yeah. Like creeping. Yeah. So we decided to take a break for a while. At this point we were, um, living in Mexico for a while and I decided to come back from uh, to Argentina after so many years and so we decided to take a break to see um, how we feel about it like because all, all this started all together in our relationship all this journey started together so I think in our relationship it was necessary to take a break and reinforce in ourselves what we want how we are what do we need and how do we feel about it individually Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, when we separated and we were separated for over, over a year, um, it was very difficult emotionally, but for me, sexually, I was like, I was feeling like so much need to reconnect with other people, to be like so much, so for so long in a monogamous relationship and after my previous partner death and everything, I was like, I, I want to, you know, reconnect with people. I want to have um, sex with other people, figuring out how do I feel like I'm, I'm 
grown up now, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, much more older now. And, you know, your sexuality changed over time all the time. So how, how do you feel about it? And what do you want? And how, what things do you like? So that was a very um, nice break. It was very necessary, not just for me, just um, for sex, but also as, as, as people, you know, as individuals. It was very necessary to figure some things out. And we came back stronger, more secure of um, each other. And for a while, I completely forgot about this question of monogamy or not monogamy or, you know, swinging or threesomes or gender, you know. It was like I was so into my relationship that I didn't question myself if I did, if I wanted something different. It was it was like a previous me, that side. Um mm-hmm. That, and, that, um, and that's when you got back together, right? Yes. And you both yes. moved back to Spain at that point? Yeah. Yeah. We moved back to Spain and um, we came back together. And it's um, I kind of like left it out of the question. In our relationship, because I'm pansexual, um, I, I like have an intimate relationship with other people and because I don't think that that affect my primary relationship with my wife, I always felt that I needed to sacrifice some, a part of me to not creating um, different relationships and bonding with other people. It was like I, I needed to take that away from me because I love her so much, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't choose you who you fall in love like this kind of happened we were friends for so long we had so much love to each other so in my head it was something more like I can't sacrifice fucking other people like all the all that people I don't care as much as you do so if that's the price that I have to pay to be with you I don't care and that after a while that's how it started my question is this just fucking other people or it's part of my identity like how I like to relate with other people how I connect with other people because being non-monogamous is not just about fucking it's just (laughs) you know I'm playing with other people it's um it also affects um how you relate and how you connect and your social connections in general and the people you 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 make friends with and and you know and so it's a wide spectrum of things, but I didn't, okay, I can't just not play with other people in order to be with you. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And during this um, years, it was just like a sexual desire. And I realized that that's part of who I am and how it's not just me being horny and I just... Right want to fuck with someone <laughs> so and that's within the last year you said yeah yeah so recently and and so you so you are now currently in a place where she is very very monogamous and doesn't want anything to do with opening a relationship and you've come to the realization that having multiple relationships is part of who you are how have you how have the discussions gone in terms of trying to to reconcile those two? Are you hoping to find a middle ground or is is one person gonna have to 
to pay, I guess, pay the, the price of entry for that. Yeah. Um, that's um, a really good question. <laughs> so because of, because of our, our background and um, some painful things that happened and we did to each other and, and the extra ingredient about them, her personal journey uh, with her identity and and what happened to me before um, and all the pain it, it caused a lot of pain and a lot of work from uh, for uh, us to work in our relationship and it come to a point where me being or me desiring to be non-monogamy, it became a threat to our safety, like in like us, like our partnership. Um, mm -hmm. And at a certain point when it became a taboo, like we don't talk about it, I can just not deal with it, not do it, I can sacrifice it, I don't care, we can just... Um, I want to be with you. I don't care. So it, it was like very, very, it was very, very in our relationship. And the last, and during the last year, I started to not know, but most more like remember that this is what I always wanted. And this is what I um, always was. And that's, and this is what I was always looking for. But being like that, just the fact to be like that, it created um, a, a threat to her. So I decided after thinking about it a lot, I decided to bring it up again in the discussion. Like, this is what I want and this is what I need. I cannot ignore it anymore. I have needs and desires and hopes and, you know, I, I can't maintain this um, deal anymore, you know? And it was a very, very painful relationship because that that was our major disagreement, like, since ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, it's a major disagreement when you're in a relationship with someone because that, that that's, like, the like the base of it. Like, I want to be with right. you, you want to be with people, you know? It's, like, so um, basic. We tried to navigate it, and we had that conversation recently. And I was hoping during those all these years that, at a certain point, she will feel more comfortable with herself and more comfortable in our relationship. That she will be able to have a conversation about it and maybe find a middle ground where we can actually maybe you know start sharing someone, like maybe just, you know, um, a girl, or maybe she wanted to try it herself and I can just, you know, wait and see how she feels. Or I, I was open to it to say, okay, maybe we can start with this and that. And she came back to me and said, that's never going to happen. Like, that's never going to happen. This is who I am. I'm, I want to be in a monogamy, in a monogamous relationship. I don't want to be with other people. I don't have the desire to be with other people. 
if you were expecting during all these years that sometimes at some point I changed my mind, you were wrong. But I'm in a better place to actually accept who you are and, and, and know that who you are is not to make to to hurt me. This is just who you are. So she so she accepted, she acknowledged that she's accepted who you are and you've you're learning to accept how who she is too. Both of you are are learning this about each other and, and coming to terms about it. Um, about how she wants to be monogamous and that's not going to change and how you want to be non-monogamous and how that's probably not going to change. Yeah. Um, yeah, in a way, I mean, I think I always knew and accepted who she was. I was just thinking that maybe sometime in the future there would be the chance that, uh-huh. you know, just have a little innocent play or something at some point. So we- even though she's not necessarily interested in playing with other people or introducing other people, is she starting to, it sounds maybe, and maybe I misinterpreted, but like she's starting to open to the idea of maybe you exploring it on your own without her? I, um, no, that's not, that's not on the table at all. I think, um, it will, reopen previous wounds and I I don't think I don't think she it's not that I think I know that she's not up to it so it's very complicated because it's something so essential but at the same time there there is much more in a relationship than just you know being monogamous or not monogamous so it's very confusing because you have all this love and we are like this amazing team together and we are like great partners and we have like the same goals and we live together and everything is so, you know, there's a lot of respect and intimacy and there are all these ingredients that over override the fact of being to be or not to be monogamous, you know? Right. Um, but I, it's always there anyway, you know? Right. At least for me, we are in a place right now when we are facing the fact that if if this is part of who we are and how we identify ourselves in, in an emotional um, and sexual way, we are facing the fact that at a certain point we will need to separate. Um, I don't think that's happening anytime soon, um, but like she accepting who she is in that way and me accepting that this is part of who I am and how I want my relationships to be as well and my connections with all the people as well. I, I was also saying, like, I remember one of your uh, guests also mentioned something about when you're older, it's more difficult to create, make new friends and and connect with people and... I think it's also a thing when you are in a monogamous relationship that you tend to um, shut down a little bit from your social connections or either you just hang out with like other marriages or, you know, if you have kids, you don't have kids. And I think that playing and playing with people, it's a really nice way um, to um, get to know other people and 
maybe have uh, I'm looking for synonyms, but because of the English, it's very difficult for me like to a, express. Like have a have a connection. Yeah, like have a connection. You know, like it's important to, especially when you as you get older, to meet other people and make connections and make friends and almost you see non-monogamy as kind of a way to do that because you'd meet people who you can flirt with and hang out with. And that is kind of missing from your life at the moment. Yes, that's correct. So it's, it's, it's a little bit weird to be having this conversation with you guys at, at this <laughs> moment, because we're in this place where it's an open conversation in my relationship too. And we don't really know, where it will go and and what's going to be stronger like and and as i said before it's not just because i I think that a lot of people mistake the fact of 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 non-monogamy and all this um spectrum of uh possibilities like just as a sex drive what your goal is to have sex with other people you know and it's not at all it's um it's much more than that and if you consider it uh, as part of who you are and how you relate to people in a more deep, uh, profound way, it will, of course, create a threshold in our relationship. I, I think, you know, it, it was amazing that you were willing to talk about some of these things that are, it's not like you've worked through them and you're on the other side and you figured out a solution, but you're in the middle of it and you were willing to share that with us in a very thoughtful way. And I think we're both very curious about where you'll end up. And I think it, it sounds like you both now have the, the skills to have the conversations about it that maybe weren't there six years ago or four years ago or three years ago and that you're you're now navigating it in a way that it sounds like you both understand that it may not work out for you to be together, but that you're at least having that conversation. I think that's, I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that a lot of, there's going to be a lot of people out there that can relate. So I'm sure there are many relationships out there where one person is more monogamous minded and other, the other person is not. And that is something that I know a lot of people have to navigate in their relationships. So even though you don't, there is no one right answer, right? So like you said, kind of which whichever part of you both ends up being stronger is the part that will whether you determine whether you stay together or eventually separate. And right now you don't know what that is, but that's part of the learning process. That's part of being human. And I think that's incredibly vulnerable of you to open up and share your whole story. So I, yeah, both of us thank you for for sharing everything. And um, I hope a lot of listeners find this fascinating and helpful too. And, and, and understand that, yeah, there's a lot of people out there just trying to do the best they can and, and figure things out. Yeah. I think that, yeah, as you said, there's not a right answer and all relationships are different from your friends, your um, boyfriends, your sex partners, your wife and husband, and your, you know, all the relationships are different. And it's, um, when there is love and, and, and connection with someone, never that, I mean, it's, it's nice, to, it's, it's good to give it a try, you know? Um, 
as I said earlier, I think it's also important to maybe at certain points um, closing the relationship if it needs to 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 review where you are and what you are and what you need and what do you desire. And it was also important to open it. I mean, like for, for us, we needed to take a break because open it up, it wasn't a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, it was like super, super, all these years, it was super difficult for me to feel that I was sacrificing like um, this part of me to be with this person. But it really worth it. So I think that that's the main idea behind it. Um, yeah, you don't know where it's going, where it's going, it's going to go. So you have to give it away. And I think, yeah, and yeah. I think it's important to remember too that if you do wind up separating again, that you two have already proven that separating for you doesn't mean the end, right? And that you're able to come back together. And that I think that's something that's a powerful thing to have seen happen and know that it could definitely happen again in the future. Yeah. And along that same lines that even if you do separate for a short time, like Finn said, or for good, whatever, or not at all, it doesn't mean that your relationship was a failure or that anyone's relationship was a failure. I think relationships, you know, come and go in your life. And some people are together for a very long time and other people are just, are people who have more short-term relationships. And I think, and then everything in between. So yeah, I think it's a lot of really helpful and interesting information. Yeah. Well, and so I guess, again, thank you for sharing everything with us. And we're super grateful that you reached out and we wish both of you the best. And, and maybe we will do a, a follow-up show in a year or two and see where where <laughs> yeah. things are. And I guess something we, we never, we didn't cover at the beginning of this, but like you talked this over with your wife. She knows you're doing this podcast interview and she's okay with, with talking about it. So I just want to make sure that that's all above board and she knows about this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. That we talked about it before um, the official interview. Um, yeah. So I told her about it because Connecting and, and listening to other people like-minded because we have a very vanilla life in general. We don't belong to any specific community at all. We're just regular people. Um, people don't talk about it. So she also understands that me reaching out and having this conversation with you guys and, and talking about it, it's also important to maybe you don't need to do like, sexually anything but just you know connecting with other people that is just like really nice to your soul you know it's yeah. like um, so yeah she was invited to be in the interview she's more of a introvert person so she decided not to be um she's fine with it but um it was her choice not to yeah. be yeah. yeah well we wanted to say thank you to her for giving you the space to share and and we know that that's probably not super easy to do. So thank you to her yeah. and, and thank you to you for that. And, it, and before we, thank you, we guys. Yes, is there anything else that we missed that you wanted to share? I don't think so. I think 
No, I, I don't think so. I have and I have like a lot of stories. Yeah. <laughs> I think we cover all the main issues, like all yeah. the main um, situations. I just wanna um, invite people. Like I think that what I would like to say is to invite people to question themselves and themselves and not um, settle down with traditional or just what 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 society gives you, like how yeah. things should be and who, who sh- you should be and how you should be and how you should behave. Yeah. Um, in that during this journey myself and, and with my wife together, what was so amazing about it, it was the flexibility and openness to question and reinvent ourselves in that, um, in different scenarios and situations. So I think, um, flexibility and openness is, very important to your growth as a person in general. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that's a perfect place to, to end it. Yeah. End it. So thank you again. And <laughs> thank you guys. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing talking to you and meeting you. And um, I, I look forward to talk to you again. As Absolutely. Well, have a wonderful night and we will be in touch for sure. Yes. Thank you again. Thank you. So sorry about that intro, folks. (laughs) We've definitely gotten our shit together, and we are now sober. Uh, no. But sorry that the intro was very rambly. We'll try to make this outro short. I hope everyone enjoyed the interview with Mila. We love talking to her, and we really thank her for sharing the story. I know it, it wasn't necessarily easy for her, and we really love talking and hearing everything. Yes. And... Yes. You said keep it short. (laughs) Boom, short. No, it was amazing, and she's amazing, and we've exchanged some emails with her in the last week or so. And, yeah, uh, she's an amazing person, and we wanted to say thank you to her yeah. and her partner for letting us share it. Yeah, and one point I just wanted to make, too, like she said at the end that it's really awesome for her to make connections and just talk to people who are open-minded and that was part of why she wanted to share her story so I just really appreciate that because we find that that's very true for us too and for connecting with people through this podcast and also off off the podcast but just people who are open-minded and willing to chat about it all can make a real difference yes anyway we're happy to be those people for anybody whether you want to record it or not definitely in the meantime in one week from Right now, we are going to throw back to a time we went to Desire. (sighs) And then Tristan Taramino joined us on our balcony. Uh And she told us some shit (laughs) that she's never told anyone before. I know, and we get to release it on the 26th of December, which is also... Someone's birthday. So, we will see everybody in a week on Emma's birthday. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome episode with Tristan. She's awesome. We're awesome. We're not drunk. And we will see you in a week. Bye, everyone. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Please look us up. Email us. Our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can also find us. You said our email address is normalizing. Our our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com, where you can email us there. Anyway, you can also find us on Twitter or Cassie. Good night, everybody. It was wonderful. NNM Podcast. Okay. Good night, everyone. See you in a week. Well, actually, no. We'll see you on December 25th. Oh, God. With the Bed Hoppers over on their channel, Bed Hoppers UK. (laughs) 
Yeah, look them up. It's a wonderful podcast. We had a great, fun time chatting with them. That's why Emma's not sober right now. We'll <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we'll see you in six days. Go listen to the Bed Hoppers on Christmas. Bye, everyone. Pre Boxing Day. We decided it's pre Boxing Day, not Christmas. Okay, sorry. Pre Boxing Day. You're right. Okay. Now Cause, go. Because we got to include not everyone celebrates Christmas. That's right. Or Boxing Day. But. Oh, that's true. <laughs> should we go? Yeah. Good night.